I'm Bob, VK6POP. I'm radioactive, are you? From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1WIA. G'day there, I'm Graham VK4 Baker Baker. This is the WIA National News Service for week commencing July 4, the celebration edition. How's this for a call sign? VKCWIA. Yes, VKCWIA on 23 centimetres EME. This will be activated on 1296 MHz moon bounce on this weekend, July 4 to 6. And to the best of my knowledge, this is the first use of a call from VK without a numeral. As part of the Wireless Institute of Australia centenary celebrations, the Orange and District Amateur Radio Club will have an operation on CW and JT65C modes with spots on the HB9Q logger and all the usual DX clusters when active, VKCWIA. Now, note that due to the callsign length limitations in WSJT65C, this VK club will, during the actual QSO, use CWIA, with C being the Roman numeral for 100. In a moment, we'll look ahead at the VK100 WIA roster. But amateur radio is alive and well, and although, as this snippet from ABC Local Radio demonstrates, there is a perception in the community we no longer exist. Now, we all... Oh, this, look, I don't take this the wrong way, but I, I kind of assume that amateur radio, with the advent of the internet and mobile phones, had kind of died out. We'll come back to that item later in this broadcast and hear how Justin, VK7 Tango Whiskey, responded to explain that amateur radio really is still alive and kicking. BBC to take over radio TV interference investigation. In the UK, Ofcom are passing responsibility for investigating radio and television interference complaints to the BBC, and this took place from June 30. BBC will be taking responsibility for investigating all complaints of interference. If, following the investigation by the BBC, there is evidence of the interference caused by something outside of the listener's control, which is unlawful, the BBC may refer that case back to Ofcom for possible enforcement action. Changing your call sign does not affect your WIA centenary award log. During the week, the WIA office received an inquiry from a member who had just upgraded to the standard licence. He queried whether contacts made under his foundation call sign that has been replaced by his new standard call sign still counted towards the WIA centenary award. Most of the 100 points needed for the award were made under the foundation call sign. Well, the answer is yes. He will now submit a claim for the award under his new call sign, but include the contact made under the foundation call. Now, that's pretty normal practice with most amateur radio operating awards. News from the west of VK100 WIA plans for the Royal Perth Show. A combined week-long display involving a number of radio groups is planned for this well-attended event in September. The West Australian Repeater Group is on the VK100 WIA roster for the 26th to the 29th of that month, to be followed by the VHF Group on the 30th to the 1st of October. Event organiser Heath VK6TWO advises that the plan is to have a link between the Perth showgrounds and Wireless Hill where remotely operated transceivers will be located. This will help avoid the high level of QRM in involved with shows. Heath VK6TWO says the Royal Agricultural Society has granted access to the rooftop of the main building for antennas or any other equipment and it is very supportive of the proposed public education and the aspects of the WIA centenary. And just like the former OTC wireless station in Queen's Domain Hobart, the Wireless Hill Heritage Site in Perth will celebrate its 100th anniversary in 2012. 
plans are being made for both milestones to involve amateur radio. The Morse Codian Society of West Australia will also be at the Perth show, as they've been previously, with a fully operational telegraph system. WIA-affiliated club, the Radio Electronics Association of South Tasmania, did extremely well with its roster slot using the special call sign VK100WIA from the old coastal radio site Queen's Domain in Hobart. Special event manager Justin VK7 Tango Whiskey reports that nine REAST members ended up with 415 contacts over the three days. IRLP and Echolink on 2 metres, ATV, HF phone, CW and PSK31. While the activity would normally be newsworthy, it did clash with much bigger news of last week. It seems Australia is getting or did get a new Prime Minister. However, ABC 936 Radio ran an interview with Justin VK7 Tango Whiskey that did last something like five minutes, and Justin isn't even a redhead. Announcer Michael Veach actually did his research before the interview by seeing the VK100 WIA station in action. The result was a very interesting, sometimes humorous, but also highly informative interview. Let's listen to part of that interview, thanks to ABC Radio. Thank you. Now, I'm glad I took the effort to actually go up to the top of Queen's Domain and check your little hut out (laughs) yesterday afternoon, because uh, it's a very special time for amateur radio in this country. Tell us about it. We're celebrating right at the moment the the 100th anniversary of organised amateur radio, the fact that uh, our national body, the Wireless Institute of Australia, has turned 100. Don't take this the wrong way, but I I kind of assume that amateur radio, with the advent of the internet and mobile phones, had kind of died out. It's a common misconception, actually, that we have actually died out. We we have a real (laughs) resurgence right at the moment. Reports Um, of our death have been greatly exaggerated, that's what you're trying to say. That's exactly right. (laughs) And with the the advent of the internet, we've only flourished. I I think you saw yesterday uh, a couple of the the internet-based modes that we were using. You had something on your laptop there, which was kind of monitoring amateur radio streams around the world, and it looked frighteningly like the Matrix, you know, that kind of trickling computer rainfall. It's like, oh, my God, what, what have you plugged in here, Justin? This is frightening. Well, uh, after you said that and I thought about it, it was, it was very interesting. The Matrix, you know, they're, they're plugged into the world and the way that they see it. We're plugged into the radio frequency world. So it, 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 there, there is some uh, analogies there, well and truly. Now, uh, you just kind of chat to people all around the world. There's actually a real social aspect to it, and, and it, it's communication. That's Victor Kilo 100 Whiskey... What was it? India Alpha. India Alpha. <laughs> oh, very good, Michael. Oh, yes. And, you know, after that was aired, over half a dozen interested ABC listeners did visit VK100 WIA to find out more. The centenary of organised amateur radio here in Australia is very much an occasion for the entire amateur radio community. Individual radio amateurs and clubs are joining in and celebrating this milestone. The WIA has urged its affiliated clubs to develop and implement activities to promote amateur radio in the community. The activity must be one that, in the view of the WIA Centenary Committee, must be of general interest to radio amateurs or is otherwise worthy of support. The very latest WIA-supported centenary activity is the Sunraysia Radio Group's participation at the Tri-Annual Junction Rally, a major event featuring vintage engines, paddle boats, steam engines, barges, vintage material, tractors, bikes and cars. The club also plans to provide a vintage radio display. This major event will be held at the junction of the Murray and Darling Rivers in Wentworth, New South Wales, next weekend, Saturday and Sunday, 10-11 July. Previous WIA support centenary activities have been the VK9NA VHF UHF microwave de-expedition to Norfolk, the Centre Victoria Radio Fest Kyneton, Radio and Astronomy and Electronics Expo Bendigo, the reenactment in June of the first wireless press message received from the United Kingdom. 
any club, group or individual seeking the WIA's support for an activity to be associated with the centenary celebrations should write to the centenary committee all points of contact, always, as you know, in WIA National News, are best read when you surf to wia.org.au and read the text edition of this week's Amateur Radio News. Now, a quick look ahead at the VK100 WIA roster. Sunday the 4th through to Tuesday the 6th of July, the Orange and District Amateur Radio Club, as we mentioned earlier, bouncing signals off the moon using SSB, CW and WSJT. The 7th to the 9th of July, Gimpy Communications and Electronics Group members are keen to put the call sign on air, particularly using CW. Next weekend, the 10th and 11th of July, that Sunraysia Amateur Radio Group at the Tri-Annual Junction Rally. And now finalising preparations for their rostered slots are the Darwin Amateur Radio Club and the Waverley Amateur Radio Society. More details next week. And the special call sign VK100WIA now ticking around that 4,500 contacts in its first six weeks. Hi, this is Dick Smith, VK2DIK. It's great to see the publicity being achieved for Amateur Radio, the WIA and local radio clubs during the centenary of organised Amateur Radio in Australia. I know that effective promotion and marketing can make a huge difference. The WIA centenary is an excellent opportunity to achieve positive publicity, a greater awareness and understanding of Amateur Radio within the wider community. Well done to those WIA-affiliated clubs who have already promoted the WIA centenary and good luck to those planning to do so in the coming months. Just ahead of international news, the WIA Centenary Committee met last Tuesday to review the celebration to date and identify further actions needed in the coming six months. All aspects were discussed, including the special call sign VK100WIA, its online logging, the receipt and issuing of QSL cards, and the very first VK and DX claims for the WIA Centenary Award having just been received. A copy of this month's JARL news was produced at the meeting. It's the latest overseas magazine to report on the WIA Centenary and the WIA Centenary Award. Japanese radio amateurs have featured heavily among the DX stations making contact with VK100WIA. The National Field Day to be held on Sunday the 23rd of October is a major promotional opportunity for amateur radio. In particular, the committee considered the type of support that can be provided to participating clubs to maximise the public relations benefit of this event. Reports were received on the promotion of the centenary through the news media and also the webmaster tabled statistics that showed a staggering level of visits to the WIA websites reading the centenary section. The committee heard that there appears to be increased levels of inquiry from prospective radio amateurs. The online requests for information on the website in May and June are higher than the same time last year. And the committee also noted the comments of clubs that have already activated the VK100WIA call sign, resulting in them receiving new inquiries from people wanting to know more about the wonderful world of amateur radio. From the WIA, this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1WIA. International news with thanks to RSGB, Southgate, Amateur Radio Club, the ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART and the worldwide sources of the WIA. I'm Jason, VK2LAW, BPL War, ITU to study BPL interference. The International Telecommunication Union's working parties 1A and 1B met in Geneva, Switzerland between June 21 and 28. A major item of discussion will be protection of radio services from interference caused by broadband over power lines 
Hotline or BPL. Amateur Radio Newsline's Bruce Tennant K6PZW told readers that the International Amateur Radio Union, or IARU, has already contributed to a report titled The Impact of Powerline Telecommunication Systems on Radio Communication Systems Operating in the Low Frequency, Medium Frequency, High Frequency and VHF Bands Below 80 MHz. In it, the acceptable criteria for degradation of the high-frequency radio noise floor caused by BPL is defined as being one half of 1 dB. Now, this group will concentrate on the protection of radio services from the effects of BPL in range from 80 to 200 MHz. The report concludes that when the differences in range between BPL devices versus the other spectrum users are taken into account, the acceptable levels of radiation to protect the amateur service users are of the same order as those needed to protect other services. In the UK, a recent Ofcom report on the polluting powerline telecommunication system is discussed in an article in The Register. The article says that an extensive study commissioned by Ofcom concludes that powerline networking could crash aeroplanes and block Radio 4. Existing PLT systems operating across a 2 to 32 megahertz range already have been causing major problems to radio listeners. Now a new generation of PLT device threatens the FM, DAB and aeronautical bands as well. D-Star illegal in France. While radio amateurs here in VK and the rest of the world have embraced modern digital communications, it would appear D-Star is illegal in France. And there is now a European Parliament petition on the matter. A report on a French digital ham radio website says that the regulator, the ARCEP, said that the D-Star protocol specifications could allow ham radio operators to connect their station to internet, and that is prohibited. The ARCEP also cites alleged concerns regarding cryptography and national security, as well as the use of a proprietary codec, the world's largest radio telescope called the LOFAR. The acronym stands for Low Frequency Array. Its owner is the Netherlands Radio Astronomy Institute, which says that its construction is unique. Instead of a traditional large dish, the new radio telescope is made up of 25,000 small antennas measuring between 50 centimetres and 2 metres across. The main unit is based near the northeastern Dutch town of Assen, but the antennas are spread out right across the rest of the Netherlands, and also in Germany, Sweden, France and Britain. When you combine all of the antennas, you get a giant telescope with a diameter of about 1,000 kilometres or about 600 miles. QRM from Plasma TVs. CISPR, the International Standards Committee responsible for EMC matters, have launched an information gathering campaign specifically aimed at determining the extent and seriousness of interference from Plasma TV receivers. From the RSGB, here is Jeremy Boot. Initially, they have asked national standards organisations for the data, and in the UK, BSI contacted our regulator, Ofcom. They posed the simple question asking how many complaints have there been. Ofcom indicated they'd only had 12 to 15. Over the last few years, the EMC committee have received many more complaints from members, but no recording system is in place, so we now need your help. We only need to know the number of interference cases, no details, even no names or addresses. Please act as soon as possible, since the timescales for gathering the information is very tight. Celebrating the role of the armed forces throughout history, and in particular the role of the cadet forces, Bletchley Park in Buckinghamshire is hosting an armed forces weekend on the 3rd and 4th of July. The event will also look at how Bletchley Park assisted the armed forces during World War II. Other activities during the weekend include a display by the Vintage Military Amateur Radio Society of radio equipment spanning the last hundred years. 
That will show how communication in the armed forces has changed over time and become ever more vital. The International Amateur Radio Union reports that it has not been able to contact three national ham radio societies for at least five years and believes that there is no evidence of their continued existence. The three groups are the Papua New Guinea Amateur Radio Society, C-O-R-A in French Polynesia, and the Burma Amateur Radio Transmitting Society. Under its rules, the IARU has called for evidence to be submitted that these radio societies are in existence by no later than September 13, 2010. Meantime, in other changes, the Radio Club of Paraguay has been reinstated to full IARU membership status. The Union des Radio Amateurs du Congo is a newly elected member, and a membership application is being considered from the Montenegrin Amateur Radio Pool formed in October 2008. The FCC has jointly fined three Massachusetts residents $10,000. This for what the regulatory agency calls providing services and facilities incidental to the operation of an unlicensed transmitter. In simpler terms, it means that the agency determined that Delroy Johnson, Paul, and Richard Pereira were in some way sanctioning or supporting the operation of unlicensed transmitters on 97.5 MHz in Hyde Park and Dorchester, Massachusetts. It's not asserting that any of the three ran the transmitting facilities, but that their support made it possible for the transmissions to be made. By way of background, this past March 8th, the Commission's New York Field Office issued a notice of apparent liability for forfeiture in the amount of $10,000 to the three regarding this matter. Neither Johnson nor the Pereiras has filed a response to the NAL. So, based on the information before it, the FCC has affirmed the fine and given the three the customary 30 days to pay or to file an appeal. Congratulations to our friends at QRZ.com. This as the website registers its 400,000th user into the system over the weekend of June 19th and 20th. QRZ founder and owner Fred Lloyd, AA7BQ, says that he does not know exactly who it was when it happened, but it made his group very proud just the same. Lloyd also says that on Friday, June 18th, QRZ installed another 12 gigabytes of RAM into its two main servers, which doubled the amount that they previously were using. Prior to the upgrade, QRZ could service 350 simultaneous requests. Now that number has jumped to nearly 1,000. South Africa's Sumbandilla Amateur Radio Satellite is back on the air. SO67, as it's known in AMSAT parlance, carries an FM transponder with uplink on 145.875 MHz and downlink on 435.345 MHz plus or minus Doppler shift and is available for all hams to use worldwide. In a story first reported in the European EE Times, Vermont Technical College, Norwich University, St. Michael's College, and the University of Vermont are working together to land a tiny CubeSat on the moon. The design team is currently working on an initial proposal for the spacecraft, this with the aim of achieving further NASA funding in June 2011. Primary funding for this effort is already being provided by the Vermont Space Grant Consortium, under a NASA grant. Those stories from the Amateur Radio Newsline and the RSGB. The MP3s you can find on the web at the link on www.rsgb.org.
I'm Jeremy Boots, G4NJH, and you're tuned to VK1WIA. Believe it or not, this story from our weird and wonderful file. Now, this is not an urban myth, but really has just happened in the radio world. Many of you are probably aware that this WIA national news service is mixed at the Brisbane studios of Australian Racing Network's Radio TAB, where yours truly fulfills his normal daily duties. It's come to notice that one of our race fans passed away a few weeks ago. Now, it's not good to lose a listener under any circumstance. However, this listener was such an avid listener to Radio TAB that his family buried him with a transistor tuned and operating on 1008 our Brisbane AM outlet. Truly taking pride of place in the files of the weird and wonderful. Across Australia from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In Brisbane South and Northern Gold Coast areas, it can be heard on VK4 RGQ on 146.950 MHz at 9am Sundays. I'm VK4 FABR. News, talk and radio sport here with VK1 WIA. As the RD is Australia's premier contest, starting in July, here's a few reminders. Operating tip number one for the RD. If you look at the VHF UHF category, 17 of the first 20 are from VK6. Obviously the VK6s have hit on a way to make high scores in the RD. How, you may ask? Assume roughly 20 stations can work each other. Every two hours a repeat is allowed. All modes are allowed. But let's assume they don't work CW. They can work a minimum of 40 contacts every two hours by working each other per band using a multi-mode that gives a possible 120 contacts every two hours, 6, 2 and 70, or 120 by 12, which is 1,440 points per station. My tip, every state should hammer the VHF-UHF category in 2010. Operational news, continuing contest news. Special events and on-air contest column dateline 2010. July 3 and 4 ends at AIT Memorial Contest this weekend. August 14 and 15 WIA Remembrance Day Contest. August 21 and 22 International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend. October 23 WIA National Field Day. October 2 and 3 WIA Oceania DX Contest Phone. October 9 and 10 WIA Oceania DX Contest CW. IARU HF Championships. The annual IARU HF Championships takes place on the 10th and 11th of July and this year the WRTC will also be run on those dates next weekend. Special event stations, repeater, beacon, DX and net advice. If you hear a station signing the call TS7C, you will waste your time making contact with him. It seems that the call sign TS7C was a DX position to Kirkenna, Tunisia, done back in January of 2009. This call sign is unique and hasn't been reissued. On the air, CT1BOH will be active as CR3E from Dera during the 2010 IARU High Frequency World Championship Contest on July 10th and 11th. QSL via W3HNK. WB4WXE will be portable J6 on St Lucia through July 7th, concentrating his operation on 6 metres. At times with no propagation on 6, you will find him on 17, 15 or 40. QSL via WB4WXE. GM0VMW currently is on duty in the Falkland Islands and is operating as VP8DND-P on 20 through 2 metres. He's on the air as time permits. QSL direct virus home call. Media Watch. Let's take a look at Amateur Radio Magazine for July. Here's Barry. 
It has full coverage of the WIA Centenary Convention held in Canberra. Feature stories from the Centenary Dinner include speeches by WIA Centenary patron Dick Smith, ACMA Chairman Chris Chapman, plus a report on the Aris contact. Behind the scenes of Canberra's Black Mountain Communications Tower, the marvellous Sunday Arvo at Dick Smith's Flying Club, the WIA AGM, Members Open Forum, plus the displays and talks. The successful VK100 WIA call sign, a report on its activation during the WIA operating period in the first two weeks of May. In other content, Rob Gurr, VK5RG, a former RI, has an article on who were the radio inspectors and what they did. A hidden 40-metre crossbeam and other antennas suitable for unit living is a contribution by Ron Holmes, VK5VH. Columns on DXing, satellite and shortwave listening make interesting reading as always. Margaret Blight, VK3FMAB, and Christine Taylor, VK5CTY, write an article on the rich history of women in amateur radio. In this, the 35th birthday of Alara. Lifting the lid on Amateur Radio Victoria's time capsule that was created during the WIA 75th celebration in 1985. Given the honours was the WIA president, Michael Owen, VK3KI. Amateur Radio Magazine, sent to WIA members as a membership service, and copies are available at selected newsagents. I'm Barry Robinson, VK3 Papa Victor, and you're listening to VK1WIA. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group News. Worldwide Special Interest Groups Digital, and a reminder that the Australian Coordinator for TCPIP Domains is Indy VK2XB at wia.org.au. Free Echolink for your iPhone. Echolink is now available for your iPhone free of charge from Apple's App Store. Echolink for iPhone is an addition of the Echolink software that runs on an iPhone or an iPod Touch. If you own one of these devices and you're a validated Echolink user, you can access the Echolink system from nearly anywhere where Wi-Fi networking is available. If you have an iPhone, you can also use it to access the Echolink network over the cellular data network. You can get this application on a tiny URL line from the text edition of this new service. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier and a reminder that the AMSAT VK unofficial HF net is on the second Sunday of each month, April through October, 1000 hours UTC on 3.685 MHz, November through March, 0900 UTC on 7.068 MHz. Paris GPS made public. The paper aircraft released into space, or Paris project, has made public more information and pictures about their space GPS unit. The output from the GPS is formatted into amateur radio standard AX25 APRS data packets and transmitted using audio frequency shift keying. This means that it can be decoded by an amateur radio receiver tuned to 433.950 MHz and connected to a PC via the sound card. Worldwide Special Interest Groups Radio Scouting Are you a radioactive scout? Bob VK6POP is looking for radioactive scouts. No, I'm not talking about the teenage boy David Hahn, who attempted to build a homemade breeder nuclear reactor in his parents' Michigan house, as told in a true story in Harper's Magazine in 1998, and which was the inspiration for Kevin Silverstein's 2004 book, The Radioactive Boy Scout. I'm talking about scouts getting active on the radio. July is Radioactive Month for Scouts. 
For the whole month of July, scouts of all ages can earn the Radioactive Award simply by getting on air on Echolink or IRLP and calling CQ Radioactive or CQ Scouts. This is the first Amateur Radio Award exclusively for scouts and I look forward to receiving lots of radioactive logs from around Australia. The best frequencies to use are those around the Australian JOTA calling frequencies. For details on how to participate, the rules of the award and how to earn bonus points, visit their website. Details when you read the text edition at wia.org.au. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio. CRARC's next Wyson event is the LCCC Mini Corsa Rally being held on Saturday, July the 10th. This rally will have eight stages consisting of four stages each run twice and will be run with two stages near town, zoo pipelines and bluets and two out near Uiara, that's Sherwood and Tidbed Mill. They've had a good response so far, however CRARC are still needing one or two more for HQ plus one in the field. Well that's all I have for you this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne. Thanks, Robert. Well, a quick look at the social scene before we leave. July 10, 11, VK3 is Gips Tech. 2010, July 17 in VK3, GG REC Hamfest. Start time of 10am. And the East Gippsland Amateur Radio Club's AGM is Sunday the 25th of July at Bansdale RSL 1.30. Invitations still invited for all exec positions and the July general meeting will follow at the completion of the AGM. July 25, VK23, Riverina Field Day. And the big one, February 2011, the Central Coast Amateur Radio Club say progress is underway for February's Wyong Field Day to maintain this day as the biggest event for amateur radio in Australia. An easier walk-in from the entry to the traders area, that's because a new main entry to the Wyong Racecourse, the entry is now from Rose Street right at right angles to the railway. OK, I'm Graham VK4 Baker Baker. See you next week. Until then, walk softly. In the nation's capital, with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1WIA. We've reported. You decide.